0: Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and Keller Williams real estate agent. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? Oh, I forgot. Also now, CCIMCI 101, I passed my first test with a 92%. So I have... Five more to go, then put together a portfolio and take the final test. So, yeah, I'm getting in the commercial. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate and investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group is about networking and doing deals. Like I know you've been to RIAs before, but as we were talking about before the podcast, this ain't your RIAs podcast. Or this ain't your grandma's RIA, folks. No sales from the front ever. No smell of stale coffee, binge, gay, and or disappointment. I keep it moving. We focus on deals and networking. This is the meeting you want to come to if you want to get shit done. You want to fucking hug it out with Bernie, go to the other ones. All right. All right. RDI is also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done and I pick their brain for your entertainment and hopefully education. If you enjoy this podcast, give it a like, share it. I really appreciate it. It's a free podcast. Um, We're four months away from the big push and. If you can give it a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever you're using, I would really appreciate it. It's pretty simple. You go to your app, says rating, hit five stars, say Jeremy's fucking awesome, and hit submit. And Now, give me an honest rating. If it's going to be shitty, though, go to RenegadeDetroit.com, send me a message first, give me an opportunity to fix it. If you're interested in attending the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash investors or go to facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. If you're hot at Jeremy Burgess, female, I uh, also go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit wholesalers. Yes. Finally, we are a few weeks away from videos. Two videos a week will be going up. I'm about six months behind. I'll probably take three and a half months to get caught up. Apologize. I start things before I know what I'm doing and the video. Definitely took the hit. All right. So I apologize, but we are mere weeks away from you being able to watch us on YouTube, if that appeals to you for some reason. All right, legal disclaimer: in no way, shape, or form should anything that I and/or my guests say be taken as legal and/or investment advice. We highly recommend before you make any investment decision, you contact a lawyer and/or attorney and/or other licensed professionals. Be an adult. Don't fucking sue me. All right. Show quote a week. Time for the Renegade Joint Investor show quote, where I try and pick a quote that sets tone for the podcast and hopefully your week. And I pulled it from Max's Facebook page. Today, It's a possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. That's from The Alchemist. It's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. And with that being said, let me introduce you to my two guests from Castle, Max Nussenbaum and Barry Conrad. Max, born and raised in Newton, Massachusetts, before heading off to Wesleyan University. Double majored in English and government. From there, he went to Venture for America. Two years after. Also at Are You a Human? Meanwhile, he decided to buy a small mansion, him and everybody else at Castle, in the fucking hood of all places, although it's nicer now, in Detroit and rehabbed it. That's really cool. Put a couple hundred thousand dollars into it. Used some crowdfunding for that, which was awesome. Started Castle, a property management company, and now manage over 500 units, growing daily. I got some numbers, too, for you folks. You're going to hear this. And We got Barry Conrad, hails from the great state of Colorado. Studied University of Oklahoma, initially to be a weatherman. I'm glad that didn't work out, Barry. And is now the Director of Business Development for Castle. And, just so you know, these people are legit as fuck, right? In time, Detroit turns up. Also in Fast Company about rebuilding their home. Venture for America. Detroit Free Press twice. Anything else you guys been on? You've been in some more press lately? Or?
1: Yeah, uh, TechCrunch, Curbed,
0: Model D. That's right, Curbed. Yeah, I forgot I about Curbed. Gotta, How did I forget yeah. about Curbed? Fuck Good stuff. Go to intercastle.com, intercastle.com. Hit them up on Twitter, at intercastle, E-N-T-E-R. I know you motherfuckers can't spell anymore. Spell check, E-N-T-E-R, castle.com. That's for everybody under 30. And if you're interested in how they rehab their house, which is really cool too, by the way, go to rebirthrealtydetroit.com. Max, Barry, thanks for coming out. Good to be back. So... Tell me, I know. So I had you on podcast, I believe it was number three, and then podcast number sixteen, and then a long break. I actually tried to get you on earlier, but you guys left uh, for San Francisco, I believe, for Y Combinator. I think I said that right. Y Combinator. Every time I say it, it sounds like it's You're I'm just saying it from somebody else. No, mouth. you nailed it. You're going. Tell me about because that's a big deal. That was a huge deal for your company. You guys are a thriving startup, growing exponentially. <laughs> Tell me about Y Combinator and what you think is going to do for your company.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So Y Combinator is a startup accelerator. They were actually the first startup accelerator. Basically, there's tons of them now, but they kind of invented the concept. Basically, what that means is they invest in us financially, but also they invest in us with their name, their brand, their resources, their mentorship, their network. So we uh, moved out to Mountain View, California, outside San Francisco, where YC is based for three months. And basically spent those three months working like hell on the company, meeting with mentors and advisors um, from Y Combinator and with other people uh, in our batch, right? So were a bunch of other startups out there doing that at the same time we could all learn from. Uh, and it culminated uh, in a big demo day where we pitched Castle in front of all kinds of different investors from Silicon Valley and elsewhere. I think the, the best thing about Y Combinator absolutely was the network. So they've helped hundreds of startups uh, you know, go from small to to large, successful companies, including a bunch you've probably heard of. Uh, Dropbox and Airbnb are probably the two biggest companies now that all started uh, out of Y Combinator. Um, and the, there's just a huge network of other founders of mentors of advisors who are just incredibly friendly and eager to help. And so we were able to go and uh, learn from people who've done this before, who've who've taken smaller companies and kind of built them into to larger businesses. Um, so, uh, it was a really fantastic uh, experience, uh, for us. And, uh, we, we had a great time, although it's good to be, good to be back in Detroit. Definitely not the biggest fan of Mountain View as a, a place to be.
0: Well, yeah, you didn't go to have fun, right? You to <laughs> get your learn on, right? Yep, yep. Grow it your was... business. Or as we like to say in Detroit, your bidness. Exactly.
2: And we were keeping uh, Detroit time, even though we were out in California. So <laughs> uh, me and Barry were getting up at 5 every day, going to bed around 9, 9.30 p.m. Uh, it was kind of like boot camp for your business. No,
1: was- not, not much of a social life. Not much of a social life. No social life. No. Right? No, no.
2: Just working all the time. Yeah. So it's just the same. Just as the Detroit same for guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, just the same.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nothing changes. Yeah,
0: just just different shit to look at. <laughs> Hanging around
2: smarter people, I hope. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. I think one of the great things about YC was that it was. It was competitive, but in a friendly way, right? So one of the most motivating things was just we were around to all these other people working on all kinds of businesses, right? Everything Dude, that from helps so much, yeah. Every you know, and and every week you're hearing about all the crazy stuff they're accomplishing, and it makes you feel like, geez, well, we got to work even harder and, and accomplish even more. We're gonna get shown up by all these all our friends, but still, you know. Dropbox, huh? Thank you, like <laughs> I fucking love Dropbox. I don't know why great. Google
0: Drive can't figure. It. I've tried all of them; they all suck. OneDrive, sorry itunes apple your <laughs> shit sucks too dropbox is amazingly easy and simple so no i'm not getting paid for that as well <laughs> it's pretty great think. so by the way i'm gonna read some numbers folks if you haven't already go to intercastle.com there's a little part where you can go in and enter your email address and they'll send you a monthly mostly monthly update about the shit they're doing and i got some numbers here right so Units under management, 518. And it's actually higher now, right? You say 542? 44.
1: 44. Yeah,
0: Barry's been selling some shit. That's up 7% more than that. Six months ago, just so you people are listening, and this is for everybody who says you can't do shit too, by the way. spend a lot of time on the phone hearing about people can't do shit, right? Six months ago, 188 units. Now they're at 542. Monthly recurring revenue, $32,072. That's up 15% from last month. Three months ago, eighteen thousand nine hundred two dollars. Six months ago, eleven thousand nine hundred sixty five dollars. Damn. That's some good shit. You guys have been you've been hustling. And if I think I'm correct here, let me pull this back up. Um wait a second, where's that? I'm gonna read your you finish your was it your second round of funding? Where is this? Highlights. We closed 2 million seed round led by, was that Kosa Vench,
2: yeah, Ventures? Yeah, Kosa Ventures they're called. Yeah, so it's our second sort of official round of funding. There's been little bit little bits of different uh, pieces of investment uh, in there, uh, in, in between. Um, there but, we uh, Yeah, set, closed that round of funding a couple months ago. Um, really excited for what that uh, is going to enable us to do with, with Castle in the future. So was uh, a big moment for us.
0: Hell yeah. Well, before I get into it, if you're in property management right now, you better... Be paying attention. If you're you if you if your property management company is using propertyware or some other equal or even more shitty um, software, and you know you get the phone calls right, I can't figure out how to use it. I can't log in. I can't see the shit that's going on. Yeah, it's crappy software. You better pay attention because I think this is what you call a disruptor. Kind of like Airbnb's in the hotel business. And Lyft and Uber or I think they've killed the cat business, which is good. They're so fucking shitty. I had Andy Diderossi on here, and he still has some, I don't know, love in his heart for the, the regulated yellow cat. Wow. I don't understand. Anyway, I guess some people just, it's like romantic, you know, the romantic vision. A little romantic. Yeah. yeah. I have used this. I got to use it once, not for very long, I might add, but everybody else I know uses it, and it was amazing. I saw the number of applications. I saw when they were coming in. We had a few small maintenance issues. I was made aware of it immediately. Of course, I don't check my email very well, so that, that I slowed it up, but they were <laughs> they were doing what they're supposed to do. Like check your fucking email, Jeremy. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry. It was all in the software. It was amazing. It was completely transparent. And this is the future. If it's not going to be them, it's going to be somebody. I think it's going to be them no they don't pay me by the way yes i would invest and i tried but i am not accredited (laughs) fucking government ruined shit again so i can't if you are accredited i would invest with them if they'll even take your money now but anyway for those who don't know you let's do uh both a little brief talk about yourself and talk about castle
2: a little bit too and how everybody's going to be out of a job here Absolutely. Well, I'll start with Castle. So we've kind of touched on it a little bit. But Castle is basically a totally new approach to property management. So we handle all the hard work of landlording, you know, the drill, finding tenants, collecting rent, coordinating maintenance. But we use uh, software automation and on-demand labor to make that whole process way more efficient, way more affordable, way more transparent, and a way better user experience for owners and for tenants. And so we're trying to take, you know, an old archaic industry and kind of bring a a modern, uh, young, friendly, and transparent approach uh, and really, the business grew out of uh, the what you spoke about earlier, how we re- we restored this mansion. My, my co-founders and I bought and restored this abandoned mansion. We started renting it out to other young people. We became landlords ourselves. We got to know tons and tons of other real estate investors, rental owners. We heard the same complaints about property management over and over and over. Over and over. Again. Over and over. We looked at the industry, and we were like, we think we could, you know, kind of take our technology backgrounds and bring a really different approach to this industry. Uh, and uh, people thought we were a little bit crazy at first, but uh, we, <laughs> maybe it takes it to be, takes. be a little crazy. Well, I think you know, I think it's funny. I think one one of the reasons I think the property management industry suffers is that by and large, and no offense to any property managers listening, the smartest people generally don't. Do property management? No, it's people true. avoid it. If you're a smart person, you go into real estate. You're going to do anything else because you think of property management as
0: it's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's a big all.
2: pain, and and frankly, all that's true. But I think we saw that as an opportunity, right? Here's a giant market. It's a service people really need, and a lot of people are avoiding it because they just don't want to touch it. Well, we will touch it, and and that's kind of you know kind of how we how we got started.
0: Well, I think transparency is the key here. I, I, I the technology is going to help, but. One thing I noticed that everybody doing really well, transparent, you just know what's going on all the time. Yeah, yeah. If you know what's going right. on, you're never stressed, right? I mean, <laughs> at least you know, right? I, I spent so much I spent so much time, so much time calling my property managers. It's back when I had properties. <laughs> Talking to them, trying to figure out what the fuck was going on, trying to use property where, is it rented? What, this is the third furnace. And then you call and they couldn't figure it out either. They couldn't figure it out either. And I know some people use it better than others.
1: Um, I don't know. I'm blown away. It by holds it. us accountable, though, too. Like, if the information's like, automatically online and you as the, the property owner get to see it, you know, if we don't know what's going on with that issue, then, you know, we better figure it out. So it, it goes both ways.
2: And I think you kind of really hit on it just there where you say with property where some people use it better than others, right? That's the whole problem with a lot of those systems yeah. is – Propertyware might be able to show you maintenance, but the your management company, they might be taking calls, they might have pen and paper, so they've got to keep it updated. For us, because of the technology, like when we're showing our customers how many applicants their property has, we don't have to go into the system for every person and enter that information. They're just basically getting direct access to our own internal system that tracks applications. So there's literally, it's not some view that we have to put the information in. We're just giving our customers and our tenants access to the exact same data that we're using to run the business. And so that's how we're able to kind of keep everyone on the same page. Good. Got them. Got
0: them alive. <laughs>
2: Leave their guts on okay. the side of the road. That actually and sounds a little violent. It does. And get
0: the big building. <laughs> right across the top. Castle. Well, actually,
2: let me tell you, Jamie, we're we so – for your listeners who who may not know, we the castle for the past year and a half has operated out of that same house that we restored. Yeah. We're actually moving into a real office really? on, uh, on Monday. Yep, all right. We're we're outgrowing the outgrowing the house uh, finally. Although it's been a great home for us, so we're moving just like five minutes down the block to an office on uh, East Grand in Milwaukee Junction.
0: Okay, awesome,
2: Barry. Now, ladies. <clears throat>
0: Before the podcast, Max told me that Barry needs a wife. <laughs> All right. So it's true. It's, it's not true. urgent, but I'm looking. It's not urgent. Yeah. Apparently we need children too, right? Max is what we do say. I totally throw them on the bus. Eventually, eventually. Eventually. Start with the wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do it in the right order. So if you're (laughs) Barry's not just looking for children (laughs) like right now, send send Barry your children that you don't want under four. You have a I mean I don't have a whatever whatever. Can they type? Is that prerequisite? I mean
1: no, just like like, I don't know. You little fuckers, code probably probably good at sports though. Oh good at sports, like Or has
0: the potential to be and better code
1: yeah yeah i'm not paying for college like they need to you're on your own (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) so ladies no i'm serious he's a hunk uh, he's a hunker chunk. thank you and by the way not gay no homo it's all right man (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) he's a very handsome guy and uh actually i just want the story that he found his wife on the podcast so i'm just trying so ladies What's your email address? Uh,
1: uh, you can just hit me up at Barry at entercastle.com. If you have some properties that you need help with, I'd be That's happy to wants. talk about yeah. those. But you know, if you're just looking to talk on the phone, you know, I'm usually around. So yeah.
0: anyway, <laughs> <Wait, wait. laughs> now that we made this a RDI dating podcast, Max is dying here, by the way. Like how do we how do we end up in the weeds? Which is funny because actually we started this podcast an hour and a half ago, <laughs> and my dumbass technology, I forgot to take all the stuff off the SD card, and apparently the iPad won't let you take waste, or I'm not smart enough to figure it out. So we started late, so... This is how we digress so far. But anyway, Barry, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself as well.
1: Yeah. So uh, University of Oklahoma grad did want to be a weatherman. It's still kind of a, a dream of mine. Uh, Max and most of the team at Castle make fun of me. I, I am obsessed with the weather, uh, seve- <laughs> specifically severe weather. It's uh, tornado season, Jeremy. So I'll All send right. you some links. Uh, it's pretty awesome. cool stuff going on right now. See uh, what I'm saying, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, you want to talk about the weather? Are you on Tinder? Let me know. Oh yeah, any of them. Come yeah, around. <laughs> How you are you still out there? <laughs> yeah, it's the name is Barry. <laughs> some of them have the last name. Some of them just so the, the C Barry C. But it's, uh, <laughs> um, uh, was a part of Venture for America with Max. Uh, lived in Las Vegas for two years doing real estate development. Uh, learned, uh, kind of got my startup chops in Providence, Rhode Island, working for a. Uh, data uh, and analytics SaaS company that helped restaurants, and then uh, Max was nice enough to give me a job at Castle, so I could uh, help out with the sales uh, side of things, and more broadly, just the business development, which is just a broad term that's kind of nonsense. Like, what does business <laughs> development really mean?
2: Yeah, we were discussing this the other day. What is business development? It's basically anything. We looked it up. It's yeah. like anything. Very? Related can to you? Commitment. Yes.
1: Well, like the we're we're making some hires on our team, and we're in a, we're in an awesome position, and we're really excited to be doing that. But we need to give them like we like don't call our job Max and I we don't call it sales we call it like generally growth um at I Castle like it. but we like we're, we're hiring for these two positions and one of them online is called like the head of Detroit growth or something like that yeah head of growth in Detroit Head of growth in Detroit and the other one is like junior the role junior growth is a mix of inbound sales and marketing <laughs> if you go to
0: intercastle.com enter your email address you'll get these every month please continue
1: but you can't put that on a business card like I can't be like uh Jeremy Burgess head of growth like if I, if, if you give me that and I look at that title, I'm gonna be like, what the hell does that kind of growth said. of what? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, but we also don't want to call it like some bullshit, like traditional, like sales name, like, like account I, executive. Yeah. Or, there's like so many of those in like the startup or sa- like SaaS industry. So we're calling it like business development manager or something right now. It's, if you have a sexier title, like let us know we're, we're in the, market yeah, we're taking
2: the suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Go
1: ahead. Send them an email. Um, ladies, this may get
0: you into the first position. You can come up with a good name, for this, that this, uh, this will put you in the top 10 anyway,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, 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 Come in with like a suggestion of a job title. Creativity yeah. is valued is what I'm
0: Absolutely saying. And valued. Max is the CEO, right? Or did you choose a different you name?
2: Know, or... <laughs> yeah. No, I, I am a CEO, which I'll tell you something funny, which is that I get terrible targeted ads on Facebook that are like targeted for CEOs. Oh, man. So literally I got an ad for, it was a shirt, a T-shirt, and it says, It says, like, CEO, but then, like, six zeros and commas. So it's, like, a a million, but, like, with CEO at the beginning. So douchey. So, like, what kind of asshole would wear that shirt? (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it's pretty funny because most of these targeted ads – they are designed for someone who's like running a 500 person company. So it's for like leadership training seminar. It's like, I mean, I'm the CEO, but like we're only 10 people, so it's not quite. I'm not wearing a suit and chomping a cigar every day. No, no, crushing you're crushing property management companies right and left. All right, <laughs> hopefully not quite so Like Beer cans right? on the head on a Friday night. Another
0: one bats dust. They go home and cry themselves to sleep. Good. Anyway, getting a little dark there,
2: right? <laughs> a little dark, a little dark.
0: You do the angst of being a Detroit <laughs>
2: landlord for years. No, and you're dealing feeling right? the angst comes out in the winter. It's summer, Jeremy. It now it's when I know everyone I, I got to get over
0: it. So let's talk about this, man. Let's talk about this. Six months ago, 188 units. Today, which would be six months and 10 days, 542 units and your recurring revenue went from six months ago, $11,965 to $32,072. Why do I focus on this? First of all, because I'm trying to grow. And that's amazing, by the way. Congratulations. Well, I, I, I feel proud to know you guys. When I know people <laughs> doing this this kind of shit. And also, we always hear, always hear, I've been doing accountability calls, And it's not like I don't have excuses, and I do, so I'm not passing judgment. But it's amazing what people tell themselves that they can't do. So let's talk about how you decide to do this, how would you decide the numbers, and just how you're fucking growing so fast. I mean – and I know you guys are turning people away too because you're really picky about who your customer is. You have a really good idea of not too complicated, a certain – I know you're looking for a certain – you turn business away all the time. How, How are you guys growing these numbers?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, the the number one... So obviously, you know, me and Barry are out there pounding the pavement. We're coming to meetups. We're talking to people. But the the number one source for our growth has just been referrals from, yeah. from happy customers. Like, you can do all the sales and tactics stuff you want. And it's not like that doesn't help. We do focus on it a lot. But I think what's the core of it has just been that people are really happy with Castle and they're telling other rental owners they know about it. And, like, we're so grateful that every single one of our customers, people like you who have helped spread the word, like we all that growth is on the shoulder. We're standing on the shoulders of the hundreds of people who've who've spread the word and helped us out. And uh, we're very grateful for it. I thought you were going to say Barry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do my back. (laughs) No, we're also, like, one of the big things is, like, we're super receptive to feedback. Like, we're not going to claim that, like, we're perfect all the time. Like, this is new for all of us. And when somebody calls and they're, like, upset about something and they feedback to us, it's not like a, it's just going to voicemail type of thing. Like, we're going to listen to that and implement it if we can. And, I don't know, I think people just, like, aren't used to, like having a complaint or like constructive feedback to any kind of service company that they're using
2: and like have that listened to in an effective way. So I don't know. Yeah. We actually have a, a policy at a castle among everyone on the team that any employee at castle is authorized at any moment to spend up to $200 if to make a customer happy without clearing it with anyone in like the senior team or leadership. Or you don't have to clear it with anyone like a so, culture. So, You're creating a culture. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you know, it's, I think we're, we're, we're in this for the long haul right and yeah like you know we charge $79 a month so if we spent 200 bucks one time to make some customer happy whether it's reimbursing them for a maintenance issue they think was too expensive or like sending them a present on their birthday like yeah it costs us money in the short term but we know we're going to more than make it back in the long run because we've turned someone who was uh, maybe not feeling great about Castle into someone who's going to be a fan and an advocate for us you know for, for hopefully the, the rest of the, the company's life well you make a good point Many times I have gone, you know, I should say something. I should
0: say something to the owner. I should do and I don't. Most of the time, I don't. And I don't because I don't think anybody's gonna do anything about it. I think it's gonna be a waste of my time. Or if I happen to go back in, I'm worried about retaliation or something like that, right? I hate this sounds all petty, but we know these things happen, especially in the service industry industry. So you're you're essentially creating a culture where anybody can solve anybody's problem and
2: you're removing all their excuses to the problem, right? Just take care of it, right? That's the goal. I mean, look, like in in real estate, in property management, especially, like things go wrong. Like you're never going to have, especially a per- Detroit real yeah, estate. <laughs> like you're never going to own a rental property and have it be a perfect experience no. where you never hear bad news. And so, our job isn't to make you know it's going to be impossible to make sure nothing ever goes wrong. What we can do is make sure that when things go wrong, they're handled as well as possible. And that's kind of the attitude we take. Yeah. Barry, on the
0: sales, what are you guys doing specifically? I know, I know, there's lots of referrals, right? But I know you guys track a ton of shit too, mm-hmm. and you have what do they call them? Uh, K, KPIs? I'm trying to get OKRs. Out. Yeah. Well, OKRs. Okay, OKRs. O-K
1: K- KPIs.
0: Yeah. K- that's right. I remember yeah. you guys don't like KPIs. You like OKRs, <laughs> right? <I> actually, <laughs> oh. explain the difference between that for the other people who haven't listened to the other two podcasts, and then talk about what you're doing to track and motivate. And I mean, those are amazing numbers. That's that's like. Over 100% growth. It's just it blew my mind.
1: Yeah, so uh, what we use at Castle is something called uh, an OKR or Objective and Key Results. And basically, it's a way for Max and I on the growth team as well as the company as a whole to set goals or objectives for ourselves and then metrics that we can actually track and are actionable, both from a company level, a team level, and a personal level so that it all kind of feeds up to the top. So Max and I will set goals for a quarter that have to – that relate – like it will funnel up to that top number. So if the company's objective is to grow as fast as possible, then we probably have some objective that fits underneath that on the growth side. So that is closing a a certain number of customers, increasing our funnel. And then there's specifics within that as far as the key results. Um, We're in a cool position now where, you know, over the past eight months, all of our traffic typically comes inbound. So people are filling out a form online or they're just calling us but five months ago, we didn't really know where they were coming from online. Like They'd fill out the form, but like I didn't know if that was just through organic search results or if they'd found us on Yelp or they were uh, referred to okay. Facebook. So we implemented some new uh, software uh, at Castle that allows Max and I basically to – very accurately track every inbound lead that we get and see where they're coming from that's fucking awesome it's sweet and like it gives us an opportunity to like spend money in the right spots and really like cut spending if you know if we're spending like thousands of dollars on google adwords and like nobody ever comes from google adwords then what the hell are we doing so recently like that's been you know a good way to at least understand where people are coming from um and that's given us a baseline now Moving forward, though, you know, we can only, you know, hit certain growth numbers with our inbound with a lot of these channels. So Max and I are moving outbound. So, you know, we got to kind of play to the industry's, like, preferences, Uh, mailers, partnerships, referring people to other people first. We're fortunate in real estate that if you – Uh, own a property you need more things than just property management you probably need somebody to do the title you need somebody to inspect the property it's probably insurance and we can have partnerships with any person in like the real estate funnel and help them be advocates for castle traditionally in the the software world or the uh, software as a service world like these are called channel partnerships, like extension of your sales team, give them an incentive, whether that's a residual revenue or that's just a cut on, you know, referrals over to us, but incentivize them to sell on our behalf such that, you know, we're in front of people that we wouldn't have otherwise been. So that's really a focus of ours over the next couple of months is how we can solidify those partnerships and really just, you know, keep those leads coming out on a consistent
2: basis. And some of it too is that As we get bigger, there's sort of a self, a natural sort of repealing, repeating cycle, right? I mean, part of the idea behind Castle has always been that at scale, a lot of cool things would open up, right? So, I mean, a great example is, you know, now with 540 properties, someone calls us, they say, hey, I've got a property on, you know, Smith Street. We're like, oh, we have six properties, like within five blocks of there. You want a rental cop? Well, we're not just looking at comps from like Zillow or whatever. Like we've got four properties there that are similar to yours that got rented in the past like two months. So talk about like a really accurate rental comp, right? So it's just the value we're able to provide to everyone increases as more and more properties come under our management. Boom.
0: Do you feel – I don't want to throw you under the bus. Don't tell me if it's going to be like some sort of competitive advantage, but – where are most of your inbound leads coming from? Yeah,
1: I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. so uh, most of our inbound leads right now come from just organic search. So you typing in property management Detroit. Boom. Um, so you got your SEO going strong. Our SEO is going strong, and it can be a lot better. And you know, we're working with people like Max and I are SEO experts, and we're hoping to continue to improve that for people that are searching for Roseville property management. Like we don't rank well with those things, and we'd love to manage property properties in that area. Um, we get a lot of inbound traffic from, uh, Yelp is actually like a great service really? for us. Damn. Um, they wouldn't even have thought of that. Yeah. Like the things like Yelp, Thumbtack and Angie's list, like we can't rely on exponential growth from those channels, but we can rely on consistent like 20 to 30 units between those three every month with the spend that we That's have. Good. Yeah. Um, but the real opportunity for Castles growth is finding a channel where We can put in, you know, a thousand dollars and we're going to be getting out, uh, 10 leads or 10 units and then put in $2,000 and then we have 50 units. Like, where's that exponential growth come from? And we think that some of these outbound channels might really start to unlock, uh, faster growth for us because we can only grow so fast with like what we consider a capped channel, which we can only put in so much money and expect to get so much out every month.
0: I do like how you're talking about how you're working your ass off, like,
1: More than doubling your business in
0: six months, and you're still talking about how you're not growing fast enough. (laughs) I
2: mean, I mean, you know, I think I like your optimism. (laughs) You know, I mean, I think it's. I could have done better. (laughs) Well, I think not that we're not very appreciative of where where we are right now, but when we think about ultimately, like you know, the the idea behind castles that we want to this should be everywhere. I mean, we want everyone to have access to castles. Three million units. Change the industry. Yeah, I mean, you think about you think about how many rental units there are in the United States. 43 million in case you're wondering like by that compared to that, having 540 units is basically nothing. So, but here's the thing. It's like, we've
1: like when Max and I sell now, we're just selling the service. So like we, you know, give a, a, hopefully a better like pitch than other management companies, but at its core, it's the same like speech you'll receive from a lot of different property management companies. We're going to be transparent. Here's our price. Here's how we manage properties. And like, that's the only way that we can sell right now. But we're at this cool cusp where, um, very soon we're going to be able to start to sell the data that we collect through our software in a way that like, like Max was saying, like somebody's on the phone and there's like, Hey, I'm at like 760 Virginia park street. We type in that address and we can give them real time comps. We can give them accurate updates about what maintenance looks like in the area such that, you know, it would be stupid for them not to switch their management to us or go with us. You know, we want to start to have people take their portfolio over to castle, even if their manager is okay. You know, their incentive to switch isn't very high, but if we can really sell them on here's all this data that's gonna be super valuable to you and your portfolio, and here's what that looks like from a bottom line, that's where it just becomes a no-brainer. So we're slowly transitioning into that stage where we can sell our data in a way that's meaningful to these investors, pumped about it. How many employees are you guys up to now?
2: We are 10 full-time right now, yep.
0: It's yeah. crazy that less than a year ago, it was, what, three, four?
2: A year ago, a year, what's today, May? A year ago, we were four. we had just brought, A year ago, we had just brought on our first employee who wasn't one of the three co-founders.
0: Yeah. So. And Tim's not here. Where's Tim at, by the way?
2: Uh, Tim's at the office working. Working. So. Tim. Back to work. <laughs> yeah. We figured just two of us was enough. Three yeah. might be a little overwhelming. Well, no, I know. like that
0: it's always somebody different. We'll too, we'll, we'll
2: trade know, off. Uh, next yeah. next one, we'll bring some. Uh, yeah, we, this I, is going to be part part of the trial by fire for new employees, as they have to be on the podcast. They got go to go the podcast, and we're gonna. I'll leave them alone with you for like ten minutes to see if they can, <laughs> see if they can handle it. I'll
0: get them married.
2: Like, <laughs> moving right, moving right along.
0: Oh man, that's hilarious. So let's talk about this. Um. Why Combinator? Because I'm fascinated by this. And I'm not in the startup world. So if you're listening and you're in the startup world, I apologize. I'm going to bumblefuck my way through it. (laughs) These are the only startup people I really know and I'm interested. This is the only one I follow. So um, why Combinator? That is basically like rocket fuel, right? So they dump (laughs) money and mentorship and information and knowledge in at the top. And the idea is you grow exponentially and they profit and grow exponentially do i have that more or less pretty
2: much okay yeah
0: Yeah, that's that's what i thought let me make sure my understanding was correct i know how do first of all what was the selection process how were you selected let's start like right (laughs) in the beginning
2: yeah so it's a it's a pretty competitive uh, selection process i don't certainly don't want to seem like i'm tooting our own horn but uh it was around 6,000 companies that applied and about 130 got in. So pretty narrow funnel. Boy, this is actually our third time applying. So we've been rejected twice before, but we just kept, kept, kept on trying. Uh, and basically, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's a pretty quick process. You, there's a written application, which is about two pages. And it's pretty, it's easy to fill out if you really understand and know your business and know your numbers. And then there's a 10-minute interview. So all three founders flew to Mountain View for a 10-minute interview. Uh, that goes by in a flash, and then they call you that night and tell you tell her whether tell you whether or not you got in.
0: Damn, they're fast. Um, there,
2: they move fast. I mean, yeah. they've done this so many times that they really know what they're looking for at this point. I think the thing that you know we uh, we're pretty familiar with it by this point because we followed my combinator closely, talked to a lot of alums, read a lot of the advice, but the the thing that trips up the most people and that's the most different for YC compared to like a typical investor is that they do not want you to pitch them they do not want you to sell them they just want you to plainly describe your business so I and like be just straightforward and honest I think a great example is like first question on the application right what does Castle do. If we were like, Castle is revolutionizing the property management <laughs> industry, that's like an immediate no, right? No. They want to know, okay, but what do you do, right? So we manage rental property for landlords using automation and on-demand labor, right? Like we find tenants, we collect rent. Like that's what we do. They don't want, they don't want you to like sell them. Um, and I, I think people's natural instinct, oh, especially yeah. in the startup world, is to like sell, sell, sell. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's kind of analogous to kind of our whole – general vibe and way we approach growth at castle and honestly kind of like what you do at renegade compared to a lot of other rios is like we don't want to be like cheesy salespeople like barry was talking about not wanting to call the role sales you know we just try to like tell people what castle is and yeah we're gonna tell them it's great but we're not trying to like shove it in their face like buy now sign on the line you know none of that glengarry glen ross yeah uh, stuff but tonight
0: Tonight only. If you go to my website, it's nineteen ninety nine. Every other I'll, day, I'll tell you
2: what we are sell What we are pushing hard is Barry finding a wife. That's now, right. come on.
1: Come on. we're done with that. We can be
2: done
0: with that, all right? Yeah, what? It's fine. Hey, it's fine. Start. T- are you on Snapchat? I'm,
1: yeah, I'm on Snapchat. Barry, yeah, this is how we'll do it. This is how we'll do it. Jeremy, I just I don't feel bad about it. It's all going to happen as it was like meant to happen. Like I don't have any control over this shit. It's just going to you know whatever. I'm along for the ride, man. Smart, creative. <laughs> Blonde.
0: Loves weather. But yeah. Weather. Likes extreme weather. Ladies. Got a cat. <laughs> he does have a cat, and it is kind of friendly.
2: <laughs> so not that friendly. Not that friendly. No. Comes a ghost. I, was
0: trying, I was trying to be dice, but. It's okay. <laughs> so you're doing this Y Combinator thing, which, by the way, is badass. You well, get you. in. I don't know what. I don't. And if I ask a question you're not allowed to answer, obviously, don't say or whatever. I know some of the shit you can say, some of the shit you can't. Yes, I you do don't.
2: have to kill one person before <laughs> you're accepted into the program. I'll admit have to, it here. Did you have
0: to eat the liver right away or did <laughs> you cook it up or was it like the first time you kill a buffalo or how does this, <laughs> how does this work? No, so you got in. What, what else does it entail? Because I know they're going to take a percentage of your company. Yep. Obviously, they have expectations, too, right? It's a two-way street. You expect them to do things, and I'm sure they expect you to do things. And I imagine it's probably to a fine point as well, right?
2: Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward, right? So they do invest in us, so they give us money, and they own a cut of the company. Um, and then basically every company that's doing YC, they do it in batches, right? So there's groups of companies doing it at once. You all move out to Mountain View, which is a suburb about 45 minutes away from California. Really boring, boring suburb. It's funny because YC is now a pretty big, well-known institution, but it started as a very small thing. The reason it's in Mountain View is because it used to take place in the founder's house, and he moved to Mountain View just because it was like a suburb for him to raise his kids. And then they're like still there. Good um, for him.
0: He just <laughs> built it all around him. Pretty, I'm not pr-
2: commuting. Pr- pretty, pretty much. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's it's mostly – You know, you're there for three months, about one day a week, you're really spending at YC doing the things like meeting with your mentors and other people in your group. They bring in speakers from the tech industry to give talks for most of the other time. You're just there working on your company, right? You're not like at the YC building doing YC the whole time. Mostly you just go work on your company. I mean. Barry will tell you like we just worked a lot pretty much
1: we we had a 1,000 square foot four bedroom house in Mountain View for $6,000 a month great place expensive real estate <laughs> um, but we were in the house for 15 hours a day just like pounding it out and then like I mean it smelled bad in there we were locked very cleanly <laughs> uh, obviously working you know, around the clock right? Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah but it was like one of those things where you go in and you're like alright cool like three months we're gonna bust our ass as hard as we can and you know we're not going to leave this with like anything on the table. And I don't know, it's like a, in the moment you're like really beat up. But I think looking back on it now,
2: it was like a super positive experience. Yeah, boot, boot camp for startups is yeah. probably the best way to put it. And I think for us too, right? We were flying back and forth to Detroit all the time as well. Um, we always had at least one. So the, the, there were six of us at the time. We all went out to Mountain View. At least one person was in Detroit at all times. Um, and, you know, I mean, we have our whole network of part-time people who do a lot of the on-the-ground stuff. So most of our work, it can, it's easy to do remotely because, you know, if someone needs to go pick up a key, we have our network of stewards, which is our on-demand people who can go, like, pick up the key. So a lot of it could be done remotely. But we were still flying back and forth a lot. We didn't want to just, like, ditch Detroit for three months, right? It was important for us to still be here, be close to the real business. So that added to uh, the the hectic feeling. Oh, man.
0: I that's definitely a young person's kind of thing.
2: I remember when I had
0: that kind of energy, I can go 20 hours a day. Now, I swear to God, I was stayed at the Red Roof Inn, Jesus, in Toledo, do not stay at the Red Roof Inn. In Just don't Toledo, go to Toledo. Ohio. What were you doing at? I there? had to for the CCIM class. Oh, That's where we're fucking oh, at. Oh, man. Wow. Just, oh, my God. The first three nights, not so bad. I know I was definitely like, man, I'm glad this is close. I waited the last second. I didn't have a lot of options. That's right. what happens when you procrastinate. Folks. <laughs> all right. So then the last night, it's a fuck fest above all the construction workers. <laughs> it was actually impressive. It was like over an hour of, I'm talking like he was really, I mean, shit was going down. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. This goes on for hours. Wow. They're partying, all of that. I finally fall asleep at one thirty in the morning. My alarm clock goes up at 4.30. I'm like, fuck my life. I get up. I start working out. And an alarming number of people wake and bake. Wow. wow. <laughs> at the Red Roof That's Inn, Red Roof Inn. It's in Toledo, it's Toledo to Ohio. Wow. And, so, and I had to go do this class for the rest of the day on three hours of sleep. Anyway, long story short, I am a fucking wimp. <laughs> I was half there at best i do not think i could make 90 days maybe if i get in better shape i'm heading the right direction i don't think i could do a 90 day boot camp 15 hours a day all that
2: give up to sleep get on the plane hop back and forth between detroit and hold it all together it was uh it was a bit much i think i mean for sure and i think one of the funny things is so there's six of us out there right but one person was in Detroit at all times, so we only had five rooms in Mountain View because we only needed five at once, and rent's really expensive. But that meant none of us had a permanent room, right? I would come back to Detroit with all a suitcase, come Different back to room. Mountain View. Well, the person who <laughs> just came back when I left is in my room, so now I'm in someone else's room. We were playing like musical chairs the whole time. Who basically. cooked or did
1: you just order in all the time? It was just, you know, we didn't really cook that much. No, we didn't
2: order in either because that's expensive. So yeah. <laughs> we had sandwiches, bacon, it was- eggs. Yeah. We
1: made it. You, you,
2: you survived? Back. We, yeah. we,
0: made it, we made it out. Yeah. All right. So what? how is it structured? So you show up. So obviously you had to rent your own house, right? Mm-hmm. And you yep. work out of that house. Mm-hmm. Do they come to you? Do these mentors and people come to you? No. Nope. It- so
2: you spend one. YC has an office, but you're okay. not working there all the time. You, you spend one week, excuse me, one day a week basically at the YC office doing a mix of one-on-one well three-on-one in our case right founders v- with uh mentors who work for yc who've, who've they've assigned you and, and all the mentors who work for yc are people who've um been pretty experienced entrepreneurs right are you so, allowed to say who yeah yeah or? so are anybody notable our mentors are uh, notable in the startup world probably not notable enough but uh so what our mentors were this guy Aaron Harris who started actually a company that actually failed. That's a lot of the mentors have had actually companies that failed because you you learn just as much from failure as, as success. Um, I think and, and so do they. And the other was a guy named Dalton Caldwell who started the company called iMeme, which you might not have heard of, but they were actually the eleventh biggest website in the United States at one point. If you remember when MySpace, do you ever have a MySpace? Hell yeah! Remember how there was those the like music jukeboxes on MySpace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was iMeme. Damn. iMeme was the company that made those music players that were all over MySpace. That company actually also ultimately failed. Music startups are really hard. But he, but they at one point raised like three hundred million dollars. They had hundreds of employees. They got really, really big. Uh, and then ultimately uh, didn't didn't make it out um, oh, that was
0: part of that tech uh collapse too right
2: yeah yeah uh it was in i think they actually i think it, they, they, made it a little they i think they died in the the general the like economic recession okay. in 2007 2008 music startups are notoriously um tough because the labels take so much money that there's like very little room for for margin and no one wants to pay for for music um and then so sometimes you're meeting with them sometimes you're meeting with uh, other companies in doing YC at the same time as you, where everyone's in little groups where you're basically just giving updates on what's going on with your company and helping each other out. Um, you know, YC's kind of mantra is to pick one metric, to just and it's really focusing on increasing that every week. So for okay. us, it was units under management, right? Okay. Pretty units obvious for us. Yep. But other companies, I mean, one company in our batch was building... Robotic greenhouses, right? So their metric was oh going to be God. heads of lettuce produced, right? Which is <laughs> which is hilarious, you know. Robotic green, yeah, it's pretty cool. That is um, cool. Other companies maybe were a little bit earlier than us, so they their metric was to you know finish their software, finished a beta, beta of their software before demo day, right? And, um, uh, you know, basically we would just get advice from each other. Sometimes just hearing about what something else what that someone else is going through. Uh, like inspires you with an idea on your own and some of it is just about staying sane right you every company every startup is kind of a shit show internally and so when you hear from 20 (laughs) other people running all their startups you realize like oh we're actually doing okay and you know then you have you know at night speakers from going to your family reunion like
0: i'm doing all right (laughs) exactly exactly exactly. i'm all worried about it i'm doing all right you
2: realize it's tough for everyone right there's always going to be something
0: going wrong or your high school reunion. I did that. You guys you guys are too young. Next year. Yeah, Didn't did go next to high year. school. I've got my five-year college reunion next year or so. All right. There you go. I did, went back for my 10-year high school reunion. That was as disappointing as you can absolutely possibly. Where,
2: where did you grow up, Jeremy? Where was I? Well, that? I grew up
0: all over the world, but I graduated <laughs> from Tacoma, Washington, okay. Washington High School. So you're back
2: to
1: Tacoma. Yeah. Home of the what? We're, we're Tacoma High. We're, what was your mascot? Patriots. Oh, the Patriots. Oh, wow. The Patriots. Okay. All right. What was yeah. your mascot, Barry? Uh, the Coyotes. Okay, the
2: coyotes. We See, were, we were, That's a
1: good mascot. I
0: That the prairie wolf man, come on, man. (laughs) Prairie wolf would have been cool, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it is. It's prairie wolf. We were the tigers, we were the tigers. It's not bad,
2: yeah. The patriots,
0: patriots, patriots.
2: Anyone, uh, famous from your your high school? Go back, no celebrities, (laughs) nobody.
0: Oh, these trust me. I was going, I went back, I was like, you know, I'm gonna have a good time. Everybody changed, I'm gonna meet people. Nobody changed. Actually, it was some of it I enjoyed. Actually, I hate. I am a little petty sometimes. I try not to be. These people were fucking insufferable. All right. They were, I'm going to go on and do all this shit. Oh. Bitch, you're a bartender. <laughs> Ten years later at Applebee's, you didn't even make it through college. I wow. Mean, you're
2: not even a bartender at a cool place. Yeah.
0: Bartender at Applebee's. So that part I, I enjoyed. And actually, all the cool people were the fucking losers. That's how it works, <laughs> man. Yeah, it was amazing. Always. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. I, of course, there are people I hung out with. Right? <laughs> 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 there, there I met some really cool people, done some really cool things, but no celebrities yet. But it was it that's was what, That's what you need, celebrities. Yeah, No celebrities. As of yet, maybe at the twenty
1: year, but I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I'm not gonna go. So we it off, yeah. Like, what if it's you? Like, what if you're the celebrity at that point? Yeah, I don't care anymore. Okay, right, yeah,
0: Dude, is, is that, run... it's
2: that I don't care attitude that's gonna lead to <laughs> becoming a celebrity. It,
0: you run two businesses on the ground, you lose it all. You just the do not give a fuck factor drops dramatically. <laughs> now there was a time I, I laid. There was like a good six months. I just laid on the couch and I did nothing. Like, oh, woe is me? Whatever, mm-hmm. but. If you make it through that on the other side, the give a fuck factor is just gone. So I don't, I don't care. I, I may never go back. I have friends who keep asking me to come back. I'm like, what? My future's here. What, what, what is there for me? You know, maybe if there was, Y Combinator, I would go back and do some shit like that. Right, something for me. But Tacoma, Washington. If you haven't been there, it's the ugly. Stepsister of the hot Seattle, right? So that's that's exactly what it is. Like, eh, not even second or third best. It's like seventh best. Jeez.
1: Good real estate market. Yeah. Okay. Real market.
0: <laughs> hey, anything on that strip is good there. It's all going up. But anyway, why combinator? This is fascinating towards me. So. For me, sorry, not towards me um I ju- I just love the idea of going and doing like the business boot camp, <laughs> probably because I don't know that much about business. I'm a much better real estate guy, than business guy, so just bear with me as I'm kind of tumbling through this here. what specifically, so I know you had one key metric you guys want to do, which was obviously number of units under management, right? How did they get you to um focus and i'm I'm just gonna be transparent. Running it to investors this is an interesting point. It's not really making money, but the networking potentials and everything. So I'm kind of like i I need to push. I need to do something. I have some ideas, but I'm trying to trying to get some of this shit to rub off on me too. Maybe I can uh, implement this. So how how what was the approach? How did you focus it? How did you refine it? Um, If you think it could be applicable to somebody listening and me too. I know it's it's not the same experience. I'm just trying to distill something out of it. Well, I think
2: that focus is a good point because at least from what I know, most startups, they don't fail because the people doing them didn't work hard enough. They just fail because they they worked hard on the wrong stuff. Um, And I think especially – in startup world. I mean, one of the reasons I like Detroit is that you're away from a lot of the bullshit that's in Silicon Valley, but I think it's really easy for people to get distracted by, "Oh, I'm, you know, we're going to go to this conference, or I'm going to go speak on this panel," or you can do a lot of YC talks a lot about stuff that feels like work but isn't actually work, right? And I think and that kind of stuff is all all great examples. I mean, for us, Barry and I just we had a we set goals every week for how many units we we wanted to to gain. We had empty squares on the board for representing every unit we fill it in when you when we got one and you know to see that kind of growth we need to be signing up new units every day and so if that wasn't happening you know you're not just saying well here's our goal for the end of the month and we're gonna like hope we get there and then you look up three weeks in and you didn't nothing's happening like if you're looking at that every day and your squares are empty for a couple days in a row you kind of realize you might need to change up what you're doing
0: Mm, good point wait so did you guys actually hit your goals or did you set goals bigger than what you hit?
1: So we set them bigger than we actually hit. So the goal we set every week was 10% week over week growth. So we started YC with 250 units under management, which means the first week we need to close 25 units and that's going to get harder every week. So the first couple weeks, 10% week over week growth, uh, it did slow down, um, but stayed pretty consistent between, uh, four and 6% every week. And that is, basically max and i throwing shit at the wall and just seeing what would stick and that's what a lot of it was we knew our goal was units under management and we knew there were a ton of ways that we could try to attract new units but we hadn't tried a lot of these methods so we didn't like basically a shotgun approach to to the sales side of things just to see if anything was like a lot of it didn't like we've spent a lot of money on some things that like had no real impact on that bottom line but at least like we can
2: check them off the list at this point Our philosophy for goals is always that if you're hitting your goals 100%, then you're just not being ambitious enough. That was my question because
0: there's two schools of thought. (laughs) There's two schools of thought. I am with your school of thought. If you actually hit it, you didn't accurately measure your potential. Yep. Right. And then the other school of thought is you would be, I don't know, fucking depressed if you didn't hit it or whatever and you would quit or whatever. I think they call you losers if you're like that, but that's the other
2: school. Of thought, well, you can't so. be too far off, right? I mean what we do and what kind of the OKR system that we talked about generally recommends is that you sh- if you don't get at least to around like seventy percent of your goal, then you probably your goal is probably too too tough. So like it you wanna be set goals where you're not quite gonna you probably aren't quite going to make it unless things go amazingly, but you're like coming close. You can still feel okay. good about it. Like about. C minus yeah. B kind of territory. It's like the okay. real estate exam, right? You need a 70, yeah. 70 to pass. <laughs> That's good.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which they are going to be, aren't you guys, you guys are going to be all um, up in your real estate business here too soon, right? What what made you decide to get licensed? I, I know you guys figured out another way and have licensed people on staff, but what made you
2: decide to get licensed yeah so castle is a licensed brokerage that's a legal requirement in michigan yes. for property management companies although it's uh like half the people well need, it's great half the people it's great <laughs> half the people we know do who run management companies don't no. have that and i don't think it's really enforced at all but we wanted to be on the up and up so we have an awesome broker who we work with ron wallraven shout out to to ron a phenomenal been guy. on the
0: podcast go check it out
2: He's <laughs> yeah awesome former guy. former podcast guest yeah. so so, well, Ron's fantastic, and uh, Ron works for us basically on a consulting basis basis, basis um, that enables us to meet that licensing requirement. Um, we figured, you know, just why not get our licenses, Mainly because we already work in the industry, we already know all the stuff you need to know to get your license. Just take so, the test. like, yeah. I, I t- just took a practice test, and I didn't have to really study at all because I already work in real estate, so I knew all the answers. So we kind of figured, why not get that license? Yeah,
1: and I mean, there's like still it's selfish a little bit as well, and that like we. I believe our biggest like channel relationship can be realtors, people that are selling to investors that Absolutely. need to recommend. So if yeah. I can go to them and be like, "Hey, I'm a property manager, also a licensed realtor, realtor in the state of Michigan," it's going to expand our networks and provide some legitimacy from the realtor side. We speak their language, and at that point, we can kind of formalize those relationships. Um, so I don't know. It's and twofold.
2: I, I did learn a few things yeah. from the class that I didn't know. Not super relevant to the <laughs> business, but I, for example, I learned about how wetlands are classified. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So. I, I, I learned about the concept of a negative easement. Wasn't aware of that. So, did learn a few things.
0: Yeah, the easement thing was interesting. It just goes to show you how much you really just don't own your property. You're like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I basically <laughs> lease this thing. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll lease it any way I want to, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of those acts were a little funny, too. I'm like, oh my I, God. No, I don't even, know. of course, we grew up in a different time. Maybe it made more sense
2: when they were they were doing it, but well, I don't know. When you look at, like, the history of real estate, and especially when you go back to, especially places like Michigan that were surveyed on such a, like, measured system, it's fascinating. It was just, like, dudes nailing, like, spikes in the ground, basically, to mark where yeah. different places began and end. And, like, you can still get a deed that starts with, like, start at the northwest corner of, like, metal pike number 21 that some guy laid out in, like, 1800.
0: I wonder if that's still there.
2: I think, no, I, th- I think they, they, uh, they um, redo them every, like, 20 years. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like some old-school shit. You just imagine
0: somebody out, like a deer coat or whatever, <laughs> with a, some sort of blacksmith hammer knocking his mind.
2: I think, and that would have been you if you had been around in, like, 1800s. <laughs> you gr- would have been one of those guys who goes to survey un- uncharted land
0: For sure I was born in the wrong time. <laughs> Except I just can't imagine life without Internet. I know That's my, <laughs> that's my yeah, generation. Yeah. Every time I think I was born, I'm like, but Internet, man. Internet. I, I don't know if I can, I can live without this Internet. I don't think I want to live without this internet. All right, raising money for your company. This is your second round, right? It's kind of a scary thing to do. I've done, I've raised several million dollars for for real estate, but it's really from a much different perspective. Look at this asset. Here's what I think the worst case scenario is. What do you think? I imagine it's not anything like that, or maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, talk to me about raising money and and the startup world. Obviously, you need it, but you don't want too much. I'm sure there's some perils.
2: Yep, definitely. Yeah, so it's definitely different. I mean, the, the basic key thing about startup investing is that for a venture capitalist or any other startup uh, investor, there's really a power law distribution. So you know, the general framework is like one in ten investments pays off, nine and ten fail, but the one that pays off pays off so big that it makes up for all the other investments that failed, right? So, you know, VCs are much more willing to take risks than probably, you know, anyone doing a real estate deal. No one says, I'm going to do ten deals, nine are going to fail, but one's going to be so good that I don't care the other failed. You're really evaluating each deal. Now, it's not like we didn't get heavily evaluated, but uh, VCs are open to taking a little more risk, right? And so I think, you know, uh, the the... The, the attitude of, of, of the best VCS is is not it's not so much what are the chances that this will work it's more like okay do I think this could work and if so like could this be really big right and I think that's what um, uh, what got the investors who did invest in castle and again like anytime you ra- you're raising money as a startup like I think I had I don't know 70 meetings and ultimately like five people said yes right so it's always just like lots of nos lots of, N- didn't have any doors slammed in my, my face this time. I mean, having raised money before, one of the nice things about doing a program y- y- like YC is that having YC attached to your name, like, you can – everyone will take the meeting because you came out of YC. They'll probably still say no, yeah. but you can at least get in the room, right? I mean, the last time we tried to raise money, like, it was mostly just, like, unanswered no, emails. No. You, you know, I'm busy that day. Sorry. Um, um, I'm busy then. Uh, no one actually, no one actually said that. Okay, but um, that
0: would be hilarious. Don't, but no, they don't suggest actually, game. so
2: the the founders of Airbnb Busy that day too. The founders of Airbnb told us a story at YC, and this is a story that is public. They've told other places, so it's not secret. But you know, when they first went out to raise money. Everyone thought their idea was crazy. You're going to let a stranger into your home? It is like, a
0: crazy idea.
2: They so they had a meeting with an investor at like a smoothie place. He at one point just got up to go to the bathroom and then he just didn't come back. Oh, didn't finish man. the smoothie. Yeah. Oh man. Um, you know, but I, I think for us, you that, know,
0: that guy. I would. I, does he have that person's name?
2: <laughs> he's never probably, but he never, would never revealed, say it. Yeah, never revealed what it
0: was. I could you imagine how good it feel? I would
2: call that guy. Like, man, you fucked up. You should have stayed for the rest of that
0: meeting. And you owe me a smoothie, guy. Um,
2: I think for us, you know, there are some startups that are, like, you know, backed entirely by venture capital and they're not making any money. It's some product that they're giving away for free and they're going to just try to get really big and sell ads or something like that, right? You know, Cancel's not like that. Like, we're up and running. We're a revenue-generating business. We didn't need to raise money to survive, but we realized that, by raising money, we can take advantage of some opportunities to kind of make cancel even better, and those are really it's a too, growth thing, yeah. right? Speed, and, too ex- absolutely, speed of growth. and and that really means for us one investing in the technology, right? So you know, it's one thing like we've been building the team now mostly because okay, well, we have more units under management; those new units bring in more money, but we also need to hire more people to run the operations to manage those units. But what the, the investment money lets us do is actually bring on a couple more de- software developers. Um, really really invest in the technology whether that's stuff like um, taking advantage of, of some of the data analytics like Barry was saying or uh, building native apps for, for iPhone and Android which is coming uh, later this year don't want to announce any timeline yet because you never no know timeline, but it is yeah. coming Um and also Sweet. to use to uh, down the road, not till next year, um, but, you know, probably within the next year or so to launch Castle in another city around the country. Because the idea from day one. I was going to ask,
0: because yeah. I remember I went to Intercastle. I'm like, oh, Detroit. Interesting. <laughs> um, if you're going to do that, there's going to be another city there somewhere, Exactly.
2: Too. And I think the other thing, too, is the best investors... Don't just add money, right? I mean, we are—you know—the the, uh, Coastal Ventures, the partner on our deal, who they put in the majority of the money for this round. He's invested in many other real estate tech companies. He really knows real estate. Actually, his grandmother was a property manager, so he has this business in his blood, dude. Uh, and he, and that was the perfect guy. <laughs> exactly, he knows it, exactly was. It, was. It, it was exactly how fucked up it was. It was perfect. Um, <laughs> and 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 also. He's just help, he's seen lots of businesses go from small companies to large. Can can help us kind of with that process, um, and they also have resources um, that the firm has that anyone can take advantage of, right? So, so for example, at that firm, they have a what's called an operating partner, which means. Someone who doesn't make investments but just works with the companies they've already invested in. So they have one for design, who used to be the head of all design at Google. So like, if we have Dude, questions about design, awesome. like we just email this woman. Like I'm on IM with her, and oh like she'll God. help us out, right? Oh, that's um, like a
0: that's like a brain bank. <laughs> exactly. Just send an email and get exactly. amazing shit.
2: So I mean, you know, I think we're pretty smart guys, but like, there's a lot we don't know and Hard to be learning smart at Google. F- yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if we can learn from people who are. Older, wiser, and smarter than us, and have been through this before. Like that's only going to be better for everyone. So,
0: dude, I didn't know that. So you guys can basically just send an email to this person, and you'll get one of the best. What else? I mean, that's amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great great resource to have.
0: I'm trying to think how somebody can do that for I don't know. My brain's going now, and I think I'll try and stay on topic here. I just what always happens when I talk to you guys. Start <laughs> spinning out of control. How? Do you guys hire people?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think our so our general philosophy for hiring is uh, attitude over aptitude. So what that means is that specific skills you can teach anyone anything, right? You mean yes, maybe there's some. Obviously, like if we were you know if we were a biotech company, you can't just teach anyone to be a biologist. But like what we're doing isn't rocket scientist. You can teach anyone the basics of real estate. Exactly but you can't teach someone to have the right attitude right so we're looking for people who are who are creative who are fast learners kind of the way i put it is we'll know we hired a good person when i just give them a task and they do a really good job like that'll that's that's the baseline we know we hired a great person when it's 3 months in i give them a task and they come back and say actually like I think what you just told me to do was wrong here's my idea for a better way to do it and not we're like wow you're right that actually is much better than what i told you to do do that instead
0: dude that's ballsy how many times does that backfire on somebody though
2: <laughs> right
1: i mean but that's the whole culture castle yeah but yeah, that's, yeah but uh, if you
2: can feel comfortable
1: like giving that feedback to even if it's like your superior or whoever is higher in the, the chain of command like we don't claim to know everything and we want to be able to hire in a way dude that,
0: excellent question how do you guys handle feedback? As, were you, did I interrupt you?
2: Or you just no, not at all. Yeah. no. Yeah, here's some feedback, Jeremy. You should interrupt yeah, guests Jesus on your it. podcast. I should less. more often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go back. I like that's it. one thing
0: you listen to, and you're like, dude, I interrupted him five times. <laughs> no, that's good. That means that I just
2: we're having a rapid yeah. fire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Ideas are flowing.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, Barry. I did just interrupt you, but um, I didn't give a shit. No, just kidding. Uh, I mean, tell that's me. all right. You can yeah. just tell me. You can give me that feedback. I don't give a shit what you're saying, and I'll I'll back off. I am not good at this. Is why this is. You'll know. Hey. If you listen to this, this is like a Freudian podcast. If I'm asking about something fucked up, it's probably because I fucked it up or I suck at it. So, I try and make my I try and make my desires and transparent. So, yeah,
1: I am terrible at this. How do you guys handle feedback? So, uh, we do uh, feedback sessions within teams uh, once every six weeks. So, what that means is Max and I are the only people in on the growth team right now. So, over that six week period, we'll collect feedback about each other if. Max does something that I think I could give him feedback on or vice versa. We'll just take a note on it. And then when that six week point six week mark comes up, we'll fill out a a survey with some basic questions on, you know, scale of one to one to five, how did this person perform this month? And then some more specific actionable items. What did they improve on? uh, What do they need to work on? And what did they do better than the last six weeks? And we sit down and we give each other that direct feedback. And it's a way where, I sit and I tell Max my feedback and he doesn't get to have the opportunity to like respond. He can ask questions about my feedback or ask about specific examples, but there's not an opportunity for him to like defend himself. I'm giving him feedback because it's something that, you know, bothered me or I felt like could be improved upon and same with him to me. Um, So it should be an opportunity where you're just going to sit back, collect the feedback. If you have questions about it, you can ask, but it's something that you know. It's not really like get your dirty laundry out. It's more of an opportunity to just make sure that we can stay sane with each other because we we spend a we spend a, an unbelievable amount of time together, and yeah. it's you know we that alone
2: d- is hard. Yeah.
1: I mean, and we're really freaking weird, man. And so like, we really gotta, yeah. And from from a company perspective, you can probably talk about
2: yeah. It and I mean, the other thing we we do do there too is so I think Barry had done something really important, which is it's not feedback in the sense of like. Me telling Barry, Barry telling me, here's what you did wrong. You need to do this differently. The point of feedback is it's an additional data about your performance from other people. And you can you can take that and do what you want with it. You don't have to respond. You don't have to change your behavior like and when you when you frame it that way, it's not when you're listening to feedback. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to explain yourself. In fact, you aren't allowed to do any of those things because that's not the point. The point is like this is just more information. This is information about how other people perceive what you're doing within the company. And so you can't – I can't argue against how my behavior impacted Barry. Like I might be able to – I might think that he's dumb for having been impacted that way, but it's just a fact that that's how he was impacted. So I can take that and do with it what I want. Another thing we do is that the, the founders of Castle, myself, Scott, and Tim, we do this same feedback session. And that's open, meaning anyone at the company can just sit in and observe. And so we try to really like, you know, like we don't want the feedback. I think a, a lot of places feedback is like you sit down with your manager and they'll give you yeah. some feedback, right? <laughs> For us at Castle, feedback is it's something everyone does to e- e- each other and it's egalitarian. And we try to really like walk the walk by letting anyone watch how we give feedback to, to each other.
0: You have an example? Do an example. Oh, do
2: live. God, there's, 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 well, there, there's so many, there's so many things. I think a big one, one of the, one of the things that we, one of the concepts that we talk about a lot at Castle is the idea of separating the solution from the problem, or the problem from the solution. And basically, what that means is um, making sure that you're start, you're really digging a few layers deep to figure out what is the actual problem here, right? So, I, I think a great, I think a great example is. Um, you know, is what you were talking about earlier with how uh, when you're using Castle, you can see the um number of people who've applied to a property, how many have come to a showing, all that data about applicants, right? So, um, you know, that might that and and I'm making this one up because I can't remember the specific example. Um, and this is actually about feedback from customers, not from each other, but it's the same concept. Is you might hear from a you know you may hear from a customer, hey, I I called you guys because I had a question about my vacant property and. Uh, It took me, I didn't hear back from you for a couple hours. I really want to know what's going on when I have a vacant property. So, like, that's really annoying. So, what you don't want to do is just say, okay, well, uh, looks like we need to have more people answering the phone so we can answer questions about vacant properties more quickly. The idea of separating the problem from the solution is, okay, let's take a step deep. Like, uh, what's the real problem here, right? Well, the real problem, you dig deeper there, is actually that owners don't have enough information about what's going on at their properties when they're vacant. You give that uh you give that extra data that we opened up, like how many people have applied to the property, when the next showing is, suddenly owners can see what they are looking for right away. They don't even have to call in. That's actually better for everyone. Yeah, no, but, that, and by the way, a perfect I, example. I realized I kept saying separating the problem from the solution. It's separating the problem from the symptom. Excuse yeah. me, that's what we actually say, right? Yeah. So it's about digging a few le- levels deeper to solve the real problem.
1: But like some like more personal like feedback, like and this is feedback that Max and more people on the team have given me is one of our core values is you know brevity and levity and well <laughs> I, I am I, I, I am fine with the, with the levity portion of it the brevity portion sometimes is something that I struggle with I'm yeah. very long winded in team meetings and it's like Max will give me the feedback. Barry, dude, like you talk for a while, like people are falling asleep, like get to the point much faster. And like, after I received that, like three feedback sessions in a row, I'm like, all right, maybe well, I actually do. Yeah. Like maybe this is like actually something that I, you know, now I'm a little bit more conscious of it. I probably still talk too much, but at the same time, like everybody else was noticing it, you know, I'm not offended by that, but I can work on it and, and do better in the future. So I see ladies, he'll talk you to sleep. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Just give me a chance. <laughs>
0: Jogs, he works out and he'll talk you to sleep. Oh boy.
2: Oh boy.
1: That beautiful baritone voice. Go back in the news. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> no, that, I, those, those are excellent points. Thank you. That really, for some reason, some of us struggle more than others on these things and seeing beyond to the actual, what the real problem is. That, that, that's an excellent point. Does anybody in your company take advantage of sitting down with you and listening in? Cause I, oh I yeah, know. yeah,
2: people, it's people at least some people do it almost every time i think it's also really helpful for anyone who's new to the team to do because you know some people their first feedback session they're really timid about giving other people their honest feedback which is because it's uncomfortable if you're not yeah. used to it um and so seeing that we like i don't want to say we rip into each other because it's it's measured and it's polite and it's usually not emotional um but you know if you really care about someone, you'll tell them what you actually think, and thank you if if you, you, you might say, "Oh, I don't want to be mean to this person, but really, you're just depriving them of the chance to improve because you don't feel you don't want you don't want to be uncomfortable, like in a moment. So that's kind of our our philosophy. And I think when people watch us do it among ourselves, they they get it in a way that uh, they might not if they just had to do it themselves the first time without seeing an example of how other people do it. But it can be uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, no, I think I got to work on my delivery. That's, <laughs> that's really, I think I think most of the time the problem is me. And I just got I got to work on my delivery, and
2: and that's part of why we do it every six weeks with we like a written survey because like sometimes Tim will do something that really pisses me off. <laughs> but I'll just make a note of it. And then by the time it comes to talk about it four weeks later, the emotions have passed.
0: Absolutely. That's a good point too. I know sometimes I get pissed. I'm like, wait a second. And the next day I'm like, why was I get pissed about that? I just didn't get enough sleep or something.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, writing it down. Like I've been in so many jobs where like you, you just let it boil up to the point where like, if you don't like have that set date in the future where, you know, you can just have an
2: opportunity to speak about it. Like you're just going to explode one
1: day. And like, I don't, I don't want you yelling at Tim like that. He's my friend, man. So like, yeah. Like, yeah. don't want that to happen.
2: And especially, I mean, me, Scott, Tim, and Barry, we we work together. We all live together. Like, we, we travel together a lot. I mean, we're going to Baltimore this weekend for an event called The Preakness, which is a combination horse race slash music festival. Interesting. Um, you know, when you spend that much time with someone, like, you gotta, you don't want to have let stuff, resentments, sit below the surface, because then, like, they will come out and it will be bad.
0: Speaking of Scott, is he eating food again? Or is he still <laughs> Scott drinking? just got married. Not, just got married. Grammy Scott. Yeah. Did, did they do a, a Bernie theme? With,
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> no, Scott does love Bernie, but they they eloped oh, to Jamaica.
1: Ooh.
0: Yes congratulations scott okay i will not do the running joke (laughs) on the next one i will get the running joke but i'm gonna let you slide this time scott congratulations i forgot i did see that on facebook and i forgot about that so hope you're having a great time in jamaica and i'll let i'll let you slide this time (laughs) all right he actually did go he goes back on soundcloud comments whenever we talk about (laughs) it does he really he does oh my god It's some better things to do. Yeah. Uh, so so I I think he does it to see if I'm paying attention, but I didn't respond.
2: For so. for context for the, the listening audience, Scott is our lead developer and our CTO, so yes. he's the computer guy. So his people skills maybe aren't the Scott's <laughs> what we're we we're top looking for out of Scott. Really at home with computers all Just day.
0: Just code is like throw and green in there. <laughs> Give him what he needs to do is uh, do his
2: biz business
0: and he'll be fine. Well, congratulations, Scott. I'm glad you got married. I'm glad you met someone. We got to find somebody for Barry. Now. Well, there you right. go. There I saw you, that yeah. coming a mile away, yep. right? Yep. Thank you, Max, for guys. teeing that up for me. It's too easy. Here we are. All right. All right. Let's talk about the future because the future is exciting. You guys are growing. What is the future of Castle. I know there's a city coming. Can you say the city
2: yet? <laughs> uh, no, we, we, haven't, we haven't decided oh, yet. Oh, you haven't so decided yet. Okay. We're not, I mean, you know. How will you decide? That's a great question. So the expansion of new cities is something that we're thinking about, but it's 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 a little bit off. I mean, we're set on, we don't want to expand unless we know for sure that we can keep everything running smoothly in Detroit and keep up our level of service in the next place we go. So we don't want to just suddenly overextend ourselves, launch in eight places and have them all kind of fall apart, Um, you know. So we want to be very careful about it. The, we're going to look for a couple of things in, in new markets, right? It's places where real estate is affordable to regular people like Detroit, right? Places that are underserved by existing competitors. Um, but most importantly, you know, a lot of our customers right now are people who have property in multiple markets around the country. And a lot of them are already coming to us and saying, hey, I love Castle for my properties in Detroit. I've also got a bunch of property in South Florida or in Atlanta or in Phoenix. Like, when are you going to be there? So what we're going to do it's not going to be the only way we make the decision, but a big part of it is just going to be surveying our existing customers about where they that's have property. Good, and that's
1: if, a good way to if, do it. If
2: we can go to, you know, um, Las Vegas and, well, Barry doesn't want to go to
1: Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas. Vegas. I love to gamble.
2: <laughs> but yeah. if we can go to where, wherever, you know, we go to Baltimore and we find that, hey, we've got you know 50 units on day one just from our existing customers well that's going to be a, a great way to expand so and you know why not go where our existing customers already want us to be so that's going to be a part of the decision for sure
1: yeah we, we think about like the unit to owner ratio a lot like it's very high in a market like detroit because you can come in from wherever in the world yeah. with a couple hundred thousand dollars and buy a shit ton 25 of properties. 40 yeah. properties and like it would be dumb if we just went to a market where you could only buy one property. You know, our customer acquisition costs would go way up. So it's much better for us if we can just go to a market and expect that, you know, a customer has the potential of owning 15 to 20 properties at once. Um, it becomes very easy for us to sell at that point. Mm. If somebody was listening
0: and they wanted to be your partner in a city, is that something you guys are going to do or how, how are you going to expand?
2: Yeah. It's, that's a great question. I mean, we're, you know, I think like Barry said earlier, like we already, we always, we rely on the whole network of all different kinds of people in the real estate world, right? Whether um, it's, whether it's realtors, whether it's contractors, whether it's title people, right? Like you, it's, it's, you need a lot of different stuff to make real estate business kind of get up and running. And so uh, certainly a part of laying the groundwork for launching a new market is going to be lining up that same network of contractors of, realtors of people in the real estate world make building those connections meeting the people who run the the investment groups in in those places right um uh you know really becoming you know we're not just going to show up in some new place on day one and be like we're castle here we go like we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna a have a local team on the ground there but also we're gonna become part of the real estate community there in the same way that that we have here um you know we want to um Really get involved in the city and not just kind of be carpetbaggers who show up on day one and say, hey, let's do this. We're
1: not going to use that voice you just used, though, right, to talk to people?
2: (laughs) Hey, we're Castle. No, that's actually from now on whenever we answer the phone. We're Castle. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, you've reached Castle.
0: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) Castle only. Manage all your units. Exactly. $79 a month. Give me all your shit. Yeah. And your money. No, okay. If you're listening and that sounds like you, send Max an email. Max at... Intercastle.com. That's I'm interested it. to see what this is. Do you have is it by the end of this year or is it no?
2: It's the next year thing. We don't have a year. set set, right. set timing yet. But so it won't be till 20, work, 20, 2017. So there's some time.
1: You get you got time to work. What else is in the future for Castle? Um just from like a, a, a local like growth perspective, like I was saying earlier, we're really excited to start to turn that corner from a sales perspective to start selling things that add way more value than just the Hey, we're a property management company. You know, if the property's vacant, we market and list it. Like you can look up what what a property manager does online. And like, we're not going to tell you anything that's too new or incredible with that. But very soon, like what I'm super pumped about from like, what's next is like figuring out how to sell and getting in front of people where, you know, I'm selling technology. I'm not just selling a service. Like the service comes with this amazing technology that we have. And, you know, as we, have more units under management the data just like continues to pile up and it's pulling that data out so that not only like somebody that's already a customer can like have access to way more things within their portfolio and within their portal it's having it like somebody calls or like just this whole different web experience a whole different way for max and i to sell like we don't do demos now we don't need to we don't demo our software we just talk about our services but like you call me up and you say i've got 15 properties i'm like cool open up your web browser, type in the addresses. I'm going to type them in and like, here's all this shit that we can pull out in front of you to show you like what it actually looks like with castle and like how much better that could be with our service. And like that just creates this entirely new sales opportunity that like we haven't even like begin to began to explore yet. So,
2: yeah, I mean, our you know, if we look at like, OK, well, what's what are we all about a castle? It's about making life better for real estate investors. And now the basics of managing a property are a core component of that and probably the most important core component, because if there's no tenant in your property, <laughs> if the plumbing's exploding, your portfolio is not going to be performing super well. But once that kind of baseline stuff is handled, we start to think about okay, well what other stuff can we build on top of this to kind of continue that mission of helping owners make more money and understand more from what's going on in their portfolios.
0: I just put something together from the third podcast to this podcast that I think it was I think it was Tim that mentioned it. I think this is a blue ocean strategy, isn't it?
1: <laughs> you
0: are taking something and providing a very traditional service in a new way. But then you're turning that business into something completely different as well, where you're going to add a real-time informational component and whatever else you have brewing on top of it. I think that qualifies as a blue ocean.
2: I think it's maybe – I just I don't know. I'm not even sure I know what a blue ocean strategy is, but it sounds yeah, great. Tim knows. Tim yeah, knows. yeah. So
0: the, the, he, I think he, he was the one who mentioned it, where a red ocean strategy is where you act in competition. Right. You do very similar services and you you end up price cutting which we love you know that's how we end up with netflix right (laughs) it it killed blockbuster shot in its head we all have cheaper movies all that but the book the blue ocean strategy anyway it comes down to it just gets more competitive and you make less and less money over time and then you just work on your efficiency and all the blue ocean strategy is moving to another market like creating a touch screen iphone like Steve Jobs did, right? Nobody even knew they needed an iPhone until he just made it and everybody wanted to have one. That's what I mean by Blue Ocean Strategy, yeah. not me yeah. personally. So, sounds like you guys are kind of doing that. It's like, yeah,
1: like there's like you put in your 15 properties and like you get alerts when you're like, oh, the market's like really attractive to maybe sell in this yeah, area. Or, yeah, yeah. Dude, people, I mean, that
0: like that is Blue Ocean Strategy. Yeah, like
1: yeah. it, 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 we're going to continue to provide the property management service for $79 a month. And you get the same services you probably would have gotten from the other guy down the street and maybe we're charged less, but like, yeah, you're right. Like this is not just going to be in, like a business where we're just going to keep slashing our prices to compete. Like we don't have to do that now. Thank goodness. And hopefully never will. Yeah, it's so service when you could actually do your
0: job. <laughs> yeah. The competition in Detroit is so fucking bad yeah. that, uh, sorry, I'm sure there's some good property there. managements, but the most of you fucking suck. <laughs> And if you're being <laughs> realistic about it, you know you suck. <laughs> right. So that's interesting. Um, I have an idea. Um, I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, we should wrap up
2: soon. Okay. Got to go. All right. we have, like right. Say but yes, we have right. a couple more questions. We no, got no, no. Uh, well, I want
0: to let's, if you're willing to do it, mm-hmm. if not, just tell me to fuck off. Five minutes. Different ideas about renegade Detroit investors.
1: Cool. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm all, I'm Let's all. do it, live. Right. Let's do it live. First, first, I want to know like what like your end goal is with the meetup. I'm assuming it has to do something with making more money. Yes, you, for you personally, but like, what are your like kind of goals, and then we can spitball. My goals are primarily
0: networking, right? So my goals are primarily networking. Um, I would also like to get some more deals from it. So the deal flow is working. It's coming through. I am getting referrals. I want to get listing referrals, commercial referrals, wholesale referrals. It is working. My general idea, as you guys have seen it, change was to add insane value. That was something else I was pushing. But um, I'm great. I'm open to suggestion. I, I'm working on the website. I know that's, that's being done. Um, I know the website needs an upgrade. But... I want to do – and I think I am doing something different. I want to be – blue ocean strategy is basically what I want to do. I want to be a real estate group. I already don't charge. Mm -hmm. I don't sell shit from the front. I already focus on deals and all that. But I know I could be doing more or I would be doing better. right? I could be doing something differently, or I would be doing better. So with that being said, I'd like to increase my networking opportunities – I would like to have more and interesting and varied people on the podcast. I'd like to make more money from referrals. I'd like to hand out more referrals. I do a fair amount of it now, but I'd like to do more because I think adding more value. Um, yeah, that I think that's that's about it. So what do you think I, Renegade Detroit Investors, could do differently or better or whatever? Let's, let's do it live. Cool be interesting. Um, I do realize by the way that my format and for people who haven't been to a meeting, here's what the format goes. So, so people listening, um, we start with a brief introduction. I do record it, audio and video record it. And then we go into a 32nd elevator pitch, right? Everybody can come up to the mic and do their 32nd elevator pitch. I think it's important for knowing who you need to talk to because we focus on networking and deals. Next part is we go into deals, no time limit, you have to own the property, have it under contract, or if you're a real estate agent or a business owner, you, you sign the listing and/or you are the business owner. Or, or, right? So, and then we move into wants, needs, desires, and/or shameless self-promotion. It's people for looking for referrals, help, or. They just want to market their business opportunity to the group. It's one of my favorite parts. I always love it when people take advantage of the shit. You guys always take advantage of the
1: shameless
0: <laughs> yeah, We'll get up there and promote. <laughs> Hell, yeah. yeah. And then I wrap it up with successes and failures. I do think the format's getting a little long because I notice at 45 minutes I lose people. So I don't know what I'm going to do if more than 50 people show up. <laughs> Uh, that could be a problem
1: correct me if i'm wrong so there are people that you compete with in the real estate industry that come and are looking for similar things that you're looking for at the meetings yes correct absolutely okay yeah highly competitive i'm not saying that's a bad thing but uh something that you could do right off the bat is i don't think there's any way for you to collect people's information that come to the meetings right like you don't have to sign up for anything you don't have to like give your name there's no registration i used to but i stopped yeah so there's really no way for you to be able to like actually follow like a lot of people come back to meetings over and over again, but like what's the what's so wrong with just having like a sheet of paper that like somebody stands at the door and is like, Hey can you just drop a business card? Can you just write your name down and your email address and like that's a good point. what industry you're in? Like drop they might a card. not go to your website, but like there are different people at that meeting every month that like you can competitively or segment yourself out from your competition at these meetings, not that like that's your goal, but For you to like have that information that you can follow up with independently, whether they're at the meetings or they're not, but they showed up once and they probably have deals. And like you're running the meetings, you might as well like get something out of that besides like people just knowing who you are. Yep, drop a card. That's a good idea. I think another thing
2: that would be cool would be to spend like five minutes at each meeting highlighting actual deals that got made at the meet at like the last meeting or like just showing hey like dude that's B- great Bob idea. and Susie like did this deal at our last meeting because that'll make people be like oh shit like this is real like it's not just come talk like because I know deals are getting made at absolutely I've seen it happen just about every time so I think you could highlight, like actually like have one or two where you're like this is the one that happened at the last meeting people would be like that's pretty cool that is
0: cool I do use you guys as an example a lot because you went out of your way to tell me that it
2: works so. <laughs> you do you do But folks uh, help me know, out people that's are great. hearing from us Jeremy
0: yeah, yeah, I, I know think. hey j-e-r-e-m-y at renegadedetroit.com. If you came to a meeting or you listened to a podcast and it helped you do a deal with another Renegade Detroit member or somebody else, send me an email with the information you would like me to share. I will give you a plug on there and I, that's that's another. See, I, I should have done this
1: fucking <laughs> 20 podcasts this ago. ago. Yeah, this is great. Um, so I had an idea and I just no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Jeremy,
0: J E R E M Y RenegadeDetroit.com. Send me an email if something you've heard or you've come to a meeting and you've done a deal or you got business from it. I'd appreciate you to help me out. And let me know. That'd be cool. And I'll give you a plug, folks. There you go. It's all I about the plug. I love plugging. I love plugging people doing shit. That's what I love. <laughs> Nothing worse than a bunch of do-nothing motherfuckers, right? <laughs> Just stay home, turn on the TV, rot the brain, pay your taxes, and don't waste everybody else's time. <laughs> this is why I love plugging people. Any other ideas? <sighs> I know I put you guys on the spot. Oh, so. Barry had
2: it. He lost it, though. Did. Do you edit these podcasts? Cause- <laughs> no.
0: no I could. Dude, you saw how this, by the way, for those listening, we got, we do have to wrap this up. I forgot to take some stuff off my SD card, and apparently you could not take that off and put it on your (laughs) your iPad. We made it like fucking 12 minutes in, and it just stopped, and we had to start all over, and we started late. My wife had to go home and grab my laptop – it was a fucking night
2: we said so. some great stuff in those it was minutes, awesome We could never it's get. Ne- it it's like the nixon tapes we'll just oh, never God. know yeah. never know what happened there so
0: i did waste a lot of time i apologize about that well, thank well, you so we just
2: got to hang out off the air jeremy it wasn't it, a waste it,
0: it wasn't was a waste but what i would have preferred to have it. i thought <laughs> i thought the beginning on the first one went way better the second one because ah, like, the second one was pretty
2: good too yeah just, so, do
1: it live you're fine okay i'm fine <laughs> right. i'm gonna think of that idea it's not it's not coming to me well probably. if you think of any more well this is
2: just a teaser for the next time we're on the podcast finally remembered that
1: idea yo and Real quick, is, does Chris Moser still have the record for, does he still have the most listens? It's really close, though. <sighs> Yeah, all right. it's really close. I'm
2: gonna get everyone I know to listen to this <laughs> podcast. We, we, we gotta be Chris. Chris, we're coming for you. If you're listening right Chris now, we are coming have a for problem you. Problem
0: in that as this get people aren't going back all the way to listen to the uh, old ones so Yeah, well, we're
2: coming for you, Chris. Why, wherever you are, yeah. watch out.
0: So yeah, he he's definitely at the high. Well, you coming for him? We're coming for him. Like yeah. no
1: best guy. You're top five.
0: Great yeah.
2: guy, but
0: but
1: we're
2: coming for you. Yeah, you for watch out, Chris. One watch slide. out. Yeah, better watch you back.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I should plug Chris. That's. Chris Mosier, that's simplified insurance agency.com. Everybody loves him. He's awesome. And I think one of the reasons why his podcast, I mean, he has a great story too. So that's number yeah. two, go listen to it. You'll also notice the sound quality sucked because I didn't know what I was doing and I just got this zoom H five and I didn't get mics. And now I realize you need $350 mics to sound amazing. So I'm just warning you now, the sound quality on that one's not so great, I'll eventually pay somebody to go through and make that sound amazing because <laughs> it is a good interview, which is why I put it up. anyway. But just reset the listens. <laughs> but, <laughs> zero, yeah. I don't think I could do that. I, just, like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> they don't want people doing that. So is there anything that you want to talk about that we didn't talk about?
2: We really run the gamut. This has been great.
0: Yeah. Well, I am going to say, Hey folks, head of gr- head of growth in Detroit. They're hiring. Um, Let's see. Ideal candidate we have some experience in a startup. Would be local Michigan candidates only for this one. And go to intercastle.com. Check it out. So I think it's a good opportunity for somebody.
1: It's an awesome opportunity. Yeah, yeah. If, maybe if, the best. Opportunity. It could be the the ultimate opportunity. Yeah. You could. You could. Spend ten if hours there with Max it. and I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: and you would regret it if you didn't if you didn't try if that's if that's your cup of tea. So. All right. Thanks, guys. I want to thank Max and Barry from Castle today for their time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for waiting through that bullshit at the beginning, like all the technical issues, and I have to figure a backup for that. So I really appreciate that. So go to intercastle.com. Hit them up on Twitter at Intercastle.com also, really encourage you to go to RebirthRealtyDetroit.com. Check it out. Really cool story about the house they bought in the hood. That's no longer in the hood. <laughs> I bet that thing might actually be worth uh, the money you put into it now. I think, yeah, I luck. think we're finally we're not, I think we're finally above water. Yeah, on the house, you're, so. you're doing okay. It's it's in an up and coming area. If you enjoy and find this podcast helpful, folks, give it a like, share it. If you haven't already, rate it. We're about four months away from a big push, and all this stuff would really help me out. So go to RenegadeDetroit.com if you have any comments or suggestions you want to let me know. If you're interested in attending the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash renegade Detroit investors, or go to facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter, on the Instagrams, and the Snapchats at jeremy burgess and yes finally two weeks or less away youtube.com forward slash user forward slash detroit wholesalers i apologize i know that sucks finally going to get it done it is going to take me about four months to get caught up though i'm going to do two a week and um we will get there i appreciate your patience with that as i wrap up this podcast i do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent i know say it every week. There's distractions, mistakes, poisonous people, bad habits, all sorts of things. I know. I was kind of stuck in a rut, and I did this CCIM thing. I'm all excited about real estate again. I know what it's like. Pick some goals. Stick with it. Don't give up. Do something every day, or as we say in Detroit, every day. It <laughs> gets you closer to your goals, even if it's one step. And I want to thank you for listening, and I appreciate your attention. I know you could be doing a lot of other things right now. So thank you, and until the next podcast, crochet. it.